There are questions in every relationship. Would you agree with that? Uh, when you first meet someone, the very obvious question is, what is your name? How many have ever asked, what, do you, what is your name? You've asked somebody that? You can raise your hand, it's okay. Uh, six people have asked, what is your name? Um, no, but when we first meet somebody, <laughs> Uh, when we first meet somebody, we stick our hand out, oftentimes as, as men especially, stick our hand out, what, what's your name, you know? Maybe we'll ask, where do you work, or what do you do? Maybe we'll ask, where do you live? There's a lot of questions in the initial stage of, of meeting someone, and then we, we go maybe a little bit further in our relationship with them. They become more than just an acquaintance, now a friend. And we'll ask some deeper questions. I know that there's a lot of questions in marriage. <laughs> My wife will ask me a lot of questions every day, and generally she expects me to respond. Right? Um, I say generally. We had a conversation about that last night, didn't we, Kim? That she expects me to respond when she asks me a question and not just turn a deaf ear or sit there like a potato on the couch as if I cannot hear her. She expects me to respond. In every relationship, there are a number of questions, and our relationship with Jesus is no different. He asks us a number of questions from the moment we first set our eyes upon him as we go deeper in our relationship with him. And then if we strike that, that intimate level with him, he continues to ask us questions and convict our heart through the power of his Holy Spirit. And so these last couple of weeks, we've been considering and focusing on a few questions that Jesus used as he did evangelism, as he reached out to others and called them to follow him. John chapter 1, we talked about this passage two weeks ago. When John the Baptist is standing on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he's standing there with a few of his disciples, and then he sees Jesus coming. And as he sees Jesus coming, he says, look, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And two of his disciples turn, and they begin to follow Jesus. Because John had said, that's the one you want to follow. That's the one I've been preaching about, teaching about. Follow him. So they begin to follow Jesus. Jesus stops short. He turns around. He looks into their faces, and he says this question, what do you want? What do you want? They respond by saying, teacher, rabbi, we want to see where you live. We want to spend time with you. We want to be where you are. See, Jesus still asks us that question. He asks that question to, every, to individuals every single day. What do you want? When he asks that, what he's really asking is, what are your deepest desires? What are your greatest hopes? And he expects us to respond, yes? Just as I'm expecting you to respond. Praise the Lord. Loosen up. Jesus expects us to respond when he says, what do you want? He wants to know our heart. See, that really is a heart question. 
He's saying, what is the, the passion of your heart? What are your greatest desires and greatest hopes in life? And if we respond in any way similar to what these two disciples did in John chapter 1 on that day when Jesus asked them, what do you want? If we are to say, Jesus, we want to be where you are. We want to see where you stay. We want to know you intimately. He invites us a little bit deeper. And he asks us yet another question, which we talked about last week, one that's found in Matthew chapter 22. Jesus standing with the Pharisees, a group of Pharisees on that day. Some of his disciples are there with him. But Jesus says to them, what do you think? What do you think about the Christ? What do you think about me? If we were to go a different place, the, the very similar question, John, or I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 16. I see you're all turning. I love that. Trying to find it in your Bible. That's great. Matthew 16, Jesus is standing there with a group of his disciples, specifically Peter. And he says to them, who do people say that I am? Who do people say that I am? And the disciples give a number of different answers, different answers, and then Jesus just says, shh. But what about you? Who do you say that I am? Peter says, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Amen? Come on. He says, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. See, because this is, I said the first question is a question of the heart. This is really a question of the mind. What do you think about Jesus? What do you think about the, the Christ? What do you think about his truth? What do you think about the, 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 the plan and the pathway that he has for your life that he has called you to? What do you think about the Christ and about Jesus? Who do you say that he is? Peter says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus says, blessed are you, Peter, for this was not revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven. See, I believe that if we respond in the same way that Peter did, if we say, Jesus, we believe that you are everything. We believe that you are the truth. We believe that you are the light. We believe that you are the way. Jesus will say to us, you are blessed. You are blessed. But he doesn't stop there. See, because it's not just enough to, to have a heart aimed for Jesus. It's not just enough to have a mind aimed for Jesus. He asks us another question. Turn with me, if you would, to John chapter 21. John chapter 21. Father God, as folks are turning this morning, I pray, God, for your anointing over this message, over the question, Jesus, that you had for Peter, Lord, directed at us as individuals, Lord. Take all distraction away, Lord. Let us focus on you and your desire for our lives and our future. In Jesus' name, amen. John chapter 21, it's in your pew Bible, or if you have your, uh, your own Bible, or if you're following along on the Bible app, it is outlined there, John chapter 21. Now, this is after Jesus has been crucified, spent three days in the tomb. He's now been resurrected. He's spent many, many days with the disciples. Not quite 40 yet, just short of 40 days. And he stands there with 
them. John chapter 21, verse 15. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, remember the man that said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said to said, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Now Peter was hurt because Jesus had asked him the third time, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. So I, I said the first week we came together, the question is, what do you want? Last week, what do you think? Today's question really, what do you love? What do you love? And this is a question of the hands. And we'll get back into that. In a minute, but this is a, a question that, that strikes the, the hands and action is required. You see, this is really the, the heart of all of Jesus' questions of evangelism and outreach and his invitation to follow him. What do you love? So Jesus asks each one of us, Do you love me? Has Jesus ever asked you, Do you love me? One person. Jesus, my prayer is that you convict this church, Lord God. Ask us these, duff, these tough questions. I'm going to put my glasses down because that's what I do when I get serious. Do you love me? Well, I'll tell you this. If Jesus is not, I'm going to come down here even. How's that? If Jesus has not asked you, do you love me, he's, he's preparing to ask you, do you love me? So let's get to the heart of that and say this. Jesus asks us, do you love me? What does that really mean? Do you love Jesus more than your friends? Is Jesus the greatest relationship that you have in your life? Does, do you love Jesus more than your friends, more than your family members? Do you love Jesus more than your spouse? Yeah. Ouch. I can't believe that's what gets people to say amen. But it's true. That's, what, that's, the, that's the, 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 the level that he's requiring. Do you love Jesus more than your friends, your family members? Do you love Jesus more than your hobbies? Maybe that one cuts a little bit deeper because you spend more time in your hobbies than you do in your relationship. That's a different series. But do you love Jesus more than your hobbies or those things that you entertain yourself with here's an easy way to measure that how much time do you spend on your hobbies and how much time do you spend with jesus thinking about jesus praying reading studying talking about jesus do you love more jesus more than your hobbies do you love jesus more than your habits more than your temptations 
more than the sin that you let yourself get entangled with? Do you love Jesus more than all of these things? Is that relationship with him, is your love for him the greatest thing in your life? See, because I once heard somebody say to me, into a group, they said, Jesus doesn't ask for much. Can I get an amen to that? Jesus doesn't ask for much. He asks for everything. He says, lay it all down before me because that's what your relationship with Jesus demands. See, because we make it so, we, in other parts of the world, they make that so clear to people when they're just sticking their toe in to a relationship with Jesus. And they're saying, you want to serve Jesus. You want him to be your savior. Are you accepting him as your Lord? That is the master, the king of your life, the one that rules your life. Because if you want these things, I tell you what, North Korea when somebody says, I want, to, I want to commit my life to Christ, they're saying, you're probably going to be killed. But here in America, we say, oh, you want to serve Jesus? You want to be committed to Jesus? You want to, you want to serve him? Well, as long as you have a somewhat decent attendance record at a church, you're good. See, that's not good enough. Have I said enough yet? It's dangerous when I come off the... the, the But it's true, isn't it? That's Denny's wake-up call. It's so very true. Our relationship with Jesus, he doesn't, Jesus doesn't ask for much. He asks for everything that we have. So does your love for Jesus exceed everything else in your life? See, because Jesus stands on that shore looking at Peter and he says, do you love me? All right, Peter, but do you love me? Okay, Peter, but do you really, truly love me? Why? Jesus already knew what Peter thought. Peter had already told him, you are the Christ, you are the son of the living God. Jesus already knew very clearly what Peter thought about him. But, but get this, if you miss everything else, claiming Jesus isn't enough if you don't follow him. Claiming Jesus is not enough if you don't follow him. It's not enough to want Jesus with my heart if I don't believe that he is the truth. If I don't believe that he is the only one that can save me from the penalty of my sin. It's not enough to, to, to claim Jesus and to want Jesus if I don't believe that he is the one that has the best plan for my life. That he is my Lord and my king, and my master. It's not enough to want Jesus if I don't believe Jesus. And it's not enough to believe Jesus or to claim Jesus as my Lord and Savior if we don't live and serve as he has called us to. Amen? Amen. But don't just take my word for it. Listen to Jesus' words in Matthew 7, 21 and 22. Now these are convicting. In case I haven't stepped on your toes yet... Let's just let the Holy Spirit, let Jesus' words do that very act. Matthew 7, 21 and 23, Jesus says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. 
And he goes on, many will say to me on that day, we prophesied in your name, we taught in your name, we did acts of, of righteousness in your name. And Jesus will say to them, I never knew you. We read this passage last Sunday night uh, during our Bible study in combination with the, the second chapter, second chapter, wasn't it, Susan? Second chapter of James. I'd encourage you to read James chapter 2 to go along with today's message because that will speak directly to your heart and Jesus' demand that if you claim to love him and to serve him as your Savior and Lord, then it requires action. So Jesus says, do you truly love me? What do you love? I said this is a question of the hands. Why? Because Jesus, your, your love for Jesus will be evident through your actions, through the fruit that you are producing. In my Bible that is falling apart, I'll add, in Matthew 7, that passage there, what I have written in red, very dark pen and underlined several times, it says you better start producing fruit. What do you love? So they're standing there on the shore that day. Jesus, the resurrected Savior, is standing before Peter. And he says, Peter, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord. Do you love me, Peter? Yes, Lord. Do you love me, Peter? Now he's getting agitated. He's getting frustrated. And then Jesus gives him specific instruction each time. Let me read it again. Verse 15. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. A third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter's hurt because Jesus asked him a third time, do you love me? He says, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, then feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. What do these questions mean? for us today we know what they mean for peter right he was called to be a shepherd he just goes and no peter went he was that rock in which jesus church was built what do these questions mean for us jesus says to us do you love me and we respond at first there's only five of you i don't know how much closer i can come we respond, yes, we love you, Jesus. Most of us do. And he says, feed my lambs. What that really means, if we go down to the, the context and the words that Jesus used here, he says, show my lambs how to graze. Now think about this. If, if Jesus is giving us that directive... Show my lambs how to graze. That means show the little children, show the teens, show those that are, that are young. Teach them and train them up in the way that they should go. Show those that are new to the church or new to the faith. Show them and teach them what it truly means to follow Jesus. So that's the first, that's a foundational level. Jesus says, if you love me, you will do these things. You will teach and to train 
those that are young. Then he asks us a second time, do you love me? And we respond, Amen. getting the hang of it now. So Jesus says to Peter, take care of my sheep. What this really means, when we dig into it, care in every way possible for my flock. Don't let them get injured. When you see one of them endangered, do what is necessary to care for them. What does this mean for us? Serve those who have a need. Is there anyone in our church family that has a need? Scripture says we should pray for them. We should care for them. Be that, be that, that source of, of, of care because that's what the church is. Yes? It's more than a social club that we come together and we say, wow, it's really good to see you. We'll see you next week. Right? James 3. Anyone who knows the good that he ought to do but doesn't do it, sins. That means that if Jesus puts something on my heart, if his Holy Spirit's working in my life and saying, I need you to go over here and do this, and I say, no, I don't want to. That doesn't sound convenient to me. I've got a lot of other things here to do. That's a sin. Am I reading that right, friends? Yes. Serve in every way Care, rather, in every way possible for the flock of Jesus. And then he asks him a third time. He says, Peter, Simon, son of John, do you really, truly love me? Peter says, yes. You know that I love you. And he says, then, feed my sheep. Dig into that one. Provide nutrients and food for my flock. Now, if I dig into that, I say, well, that means that I'm supposed to bring instruction and teaching and training for the church of Jesus Christ. Amen? What does that mean for you? Maybe you're not called to be a pastor. Maybe you're not called to stand up in front of people and preach. Or maybe you're not called to go and to teach a Bible study or a small group. What does that mean for you? Well, let me tell you, you're not off the hook. What that means is that your life should show evidence of Jesus Christ and that through your life, through your words, through your thoughts, through your actions, you should preach a message and teach a message of Jesus Christ. It means that when you see someone, you should be that encourager. Not just to say, I'll pray for you and then turn a, 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 a shoulder to them and walk away. No, it means that we are actually to be, now wrap your mind around this, be the church. That we truly are to live, love, and serve like Jesus Christ. Can you imagine, can you imagine a group of people that actually did that? Can you imagine if the church all local churches just united and said, you know what? Enough of the politics, enough of everything that's happened in the past, enough disagreements. We're just going to unite and we're going to go out and we're going to serve because that's what the scriptures call us to. That's what Jesus called us to. When we started a relationship with Jesus, I knew that's what I was called to do. When Jesus built the church and when his Holy Spirit filled the church, they knew beyond any doubt that's what they were to do. Do And yet we waste so much time doing the things that don't even matter. 
Jesus says, do you love me? See, Jesus' evangelism, I, I believe it comes down to three very simple questions that we've talked about these last three weeks. First, what do you want? A question of the heart. Second, what do you think about Jesus? A question of the mind. And then third, what do you love? See, because what you love, you spend time on. What you love, you spend time with. What you love, you are committed to above all else. And you'll say, I'll do anything because I love him. So for us, it really comes down to three distinct questions. And we can ask these questions to, to people in our, that we interact with, people that we meet on a daily basis. First, do you desire Jesus? Do you desire Jesus? Second, do you believe Jesus? And third, do you love Jesus? Now, friends, I'm going to invite Karen and Kay to come up and start playing our, uh, our next song, I Love You, Lord. And here's what I'm going to invite you to do. Just to, just to take a moment, just to hit the pause button. And to consider that question. If Jesus was standing directly in front of us and saying, do you love me? How does your life exemplify this love that you claim to have for me? How would you answer him? So let's just take a moment. And let the Holy Spirit work 